Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, it is the Zach Gelb Show, coast to coast on CBS Sports Radio. So the biggest story of the day, we were waiting, 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 and waiting to see what the Big Ten was going to do. If you just tuned in and you missed it, well, Tony Petiti is a spineless coward as the commissioner of the Big Ten, because if you're going to give a punishment, actually give a full punishment, not some half-ass punishment, and I vehemently disagree with the punishment right now. I've made that abundantly clear. Uh, But Tony Petiti has swooped in and for now has said, Jim Harbaugh, not allowed to coach the team for the next three games of the regular season, but is allowed to be around the team and doing his duties as the head coach of the Michigan football program during the week. The Big Ten has said they don't believe right now there's any evidence to support that Jim Harbaugh knew what was going on with Connor Stallions, but it falls on a university punishment on the shoulders of Jim Harbaugh because he is the CEO of the program. Um, I don't know if any litigious situation happens today where a stay or an injunction is granted because the courts are closed in observance of Veterans Day. And once again, I think first and foremost, let me point out, um, I know we live in a world where sometimes like people are afraid to show appreciation because people may not like your appreciation and where it's directed to. I just want to thank everyone that has served our country and that is serving right now. I was at the Rangers game last night and they honored a veteran who was currently 99 years old and it was a really cool scene to be there in the building and have 18,000 plus fans Stand up, give this man a long-standing ovation. So if you have uh, served our country or you're currently serving our country, we thank you so much because uh, you were so courageous and you've done something and protected our country. And and let's be real, like a lot of us, uh, we don't have the guts to do it. And for you to, to, to go on out and protect our country, I can't thank you enough. Um, but right now, getting back to the Big Ten, It's interesting where they give this suspension today and they do so when Harbaugh's on a plane and he's traveling to Happy Valley and he's going to land and I'm sure they have Wi-Fi on the plane. I'm sure they all know uh, what's going on. But now Jim Harbaugh is going to have to go back to Ann Arbor. I don't know if he could stay in the hotel or whatever it is, but he's not going to be allowed to coach the team tomorrow. So in the immediacy, I would imagine that nothing's going to change in less than 24 hours and he won't be on the sideline tomorrow. But then you have two more games, and I wonder if you do get an injunction from then and if they want to pursue that, and I would imagine that they will. 
And if you missed the Penn State game, okay, I'm not saying it's a small game. It is a big game. It's Michigan's first big game of the season. But I think all eyes really turn to the game in two weeks going up against Ohio State, and you wonder if Jim Harbaugh is going to be on the sideline for that game. So that's the latest. I do not like what Tony Petiti did today. I think it's stupid. I think it's pointless. And it's really half-assed, and it once again shows that the Big Ten does not have the right leadership in place as the uh, commissioner for the Big Ten Conference. But anyway, without further ado, we update you on some of the biggest stories in the world of sports with some audio. Let's get to a news brief. For your daily news brief, we get you caught up on the rumors, reports, and reconnaissance from the day in sports. Let's start off with Trent Sherfield of the Buffalo Bills on the players-only meeting that the Bills had in advance of their game on Monday Night Football against the Denver Broncos. The meeting wasn't called because the building is burning down or, you know, we're panicking or anything like that. I think it was the meeting was called was because we know what type of talent we have in our room. And um, obviously, we haven't been really holding up to those expectations. And so I think that, you know, to kind of get the coaches, you know, out of, out, you know, out of the way and just kind of, you know, because at the end of the day, it's, it's a player's league and, you know, we're the ones out there playing. And um, I think, you know, Latavius, you know, he touched on some great things. And everybody, it was open dialogue, you know. Um, everybody has something to, something to say as far as, you know, what can we do better. Let's go to Von Miller on the player only's meeting. Whenever you have a, a players-only meeting, it's, it's just all about ownership, and that's where you really get the best benefits of playing great ball and guys being aware of the type of ball that we're playing. It's, it's having complete ownership of everything that we do in that football field because it's just, it's just us out there, and the more ownership that you have, you know, the more self-awareness that you have, the more team awareness that you have, and you can easily adapt and evolve to whatever adversity or problems that the season brings. I don't think the Bills are a bad team. There's a hot take. But they're not a great team. And the last few years, they showed signs of becoming a great team and a team that we identified as a Super Bowl contender or at times a Super Bowl favorite. This year, it seems like they are moving in the wrong direction and they're just missing it. So when that happens, even though Sean McDermott has been a really good coach for them, he may have limitations. And he is maybe has taken them so far to a level where there's nowhere else to go with this current regime. And that's going to be something at the end of the season because I think this up and down play by the Buffalo Bills is going to continue. And at the end of the year, you're going to be unsatisfied. And I think Sean McDermott is on the hot seat. But that's just me saying that. I don't know if Brandon Bean and the Pagula family has Sean McDermott on the hot seat. But I'll go back to a prediction that I made on September 11th this past year. And I put this tweet out in the aftermath of the Bills losing to the Jets to open up the season where Aaron Rodgers four plays into the season, tears his Achilles. And I said, Jim Harbaugh will be the next coach of the Buffalo Bills. And that was before the sign-stealing scandal. And for Jim Harbaugh, don't you reach a point where you already have one scandal over minor recruiting infractions. Now you have this serious sign-stealing scandal. Do you eventually just say, screw the NCAA and screw the Big Ten? And you could evaluate what jobs are available. The Bears, you would think, would want to hire you. The Commanders, I think, 
would want to hire you. But are you going to win anything right away with the Bears or the Commanders? Probably not. You look at Buffalo, that's a team that's ready to win. And they need a coach that knows how to win. And in college, Jim Harbaugh has won. In the NFL, Jim Harbaugh has been to three NFC Championship games in four years with the 49ers and also appeared in a Super Bowl. I do believe the Bills and Jim Harbaugh would be a perfect match and you have a passionate, diehard, crazy, insane fan base. And Jim Harbaugh is kind of a passionate, crazy, quirky kind of football coach. That'd be a good match, Jim Harbaugh and the Buffalo Bills. So this continues to trend in the direction that the Bills should fire Sean McDermott after this season. Let's go to Dan Campbell, the coach of the Detroit Lions. I'm getting ready to square off against the Chargers. One-two punch of uh, Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. We just faced one before the bye in Crosby. I mean, he's he's pretty good, too. So uh, we've seen our fair share. Um, I certainly like our tackles. I like our old line but, but we're going to have to have a plan for those guys. That's a good game this weekend. And it's at SoFi Stadium. That's a fun game. I think there's more trust with the Lions compared to the Chargers, but this is a big, big, big test for the Los Angeles Chargers. And honestly, there's a few quarterbacks this weekend that are under pressure. I think there's a lot of pressure on Deshaun Watson up against the, the, uh, the Baltimore Ravens. I think there's a lot of pressure on Brock Purdy going into Jacksonville and squaring off against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I know Justin Herbert just got paid, and I think he's a really good quarterback. But you got to start winning games, and I know most of the blame, deservedly so, is going to be put on Brandon Staley. But this is a winnable game for you. I think it's, you know, the Lions are the better team, but I don't think it's impossible to go ask the Chargers to go win this football game. And I also believe there's a lot of pressure on Geno Smith this weekend. Because Geno was the story last year. Now he's starting to fade off even after getting the, the contract the last few weeks. And you go up against the Commanders, a team that's solid, but they just trade away Montez Sweat and also Chase Young. So I would like to see how Geno Smith responds this week as well. Talking about Geno Smith, here's Geno Smith on shuffling the offensive line this week. Some people might try to look at it as a negative. I look at it as a positive. Um, not many teams can do that, can shuffle the line and, and still be able to get these wins. And so, you know, I think for us, man, we can't look at it and, and look at it as a big challenge. This is what we have to do. And this line, you know, with injuries, they've been shuffled all throughout the season. And it's not like the Seahawks are having a bad year. But they're currently sitting at 5-3 and three, and coming off that blowout loss to the Ravens. You just wonder, like, all right, your two biggest games of the year, the Ravens and the Bengals, you lose both of them. Is this just a good team or can this team become a great team? And I think this year they're just a good team. Here is uh, Mike McCarthy on Dak's progression this season. I think if you look at the way our season went in the, in the first six weeks and, and now you know what we've done the last couple weeks, so... Yeah, he, he definitely has total control of the offense. Well, Dak played a good game last week against the Eagles. But even with him playing a good game, you had the ball twice at the end and they couldn't get the ball in the end zone. And I still can't believe they had the ball down on the Eagles' six-yard line and their final snap was taken at the Eagles' 27-yard line. So, yeah, he's progressed. He's been good. But has he progressed in the big moments? No. It's still the same old, same old, where when the game's on the line, regardless of how well he played prior to that, he can't get the job done. Here is uh, Baker Mayfield on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers losing streak. Don't dwell on it. You, you go over, you watch the film Monday, Tuesday's your day to recover, watch film, prepare for, for Wednesday practice and come out really focused um, and headed towards the same goal. And that's trying to find a way to win on Sunday. 
No, good luck. Because I think this team is starting to realize the impact of the loss of Tom Brady, where there's a ton of uncertainty now at the quarterback position. And Baker Mayfield has his ups and downs as well. And last year, there was a ton of problems in that Bucks offense that was with Tom Brady. Now you don't have Tom Brady. And yeah, the team has a good defense. They got off to a good start. Baker, you know, he does have guts and you see it for a little bit, but it's not sustainable throughout the duration of the season. And there's a reason why Tampa Bay is now three and five. Here is uh, defensive coordinator of the Giants, Wink Martindale, on a Xavier McKinney, one of his defensive backs, saying coaches don't listen to the team leaders. It seems like that really hurt you, though. Yeah, it did. It did. Because that's, you know, I've always been open and I've always been honest with players. And I think if you have a problem, it's just how we handle things in that room. It's crazy how it changes from one year to the next. Giants had such great team chemistry a year ago, and now you have... A player saying coaches don't listen to team leaders and a coaching staff that's now getting called into question. Here is the best story from the NFL last week. Joshua Dobbs, the quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings, got traded to Minnesota on Tuesday. Wasn't supposed to play in the game. Then an injury happens to Jaron Hall, who was making his first career NFL start out with a concussion. Dobbs comes in, is a part of three touchdowns. Here is Josh Dobbs on his trade to the Vikings and the craziness of this uh, process. It's uh, via the Torchbearers podcast. JG, the head coach in Arizona, calls me to his office, and he says, hey, we're going to start Clayton Tune in Cleveland, hmm. and this is leading up to Kyler's return. Woke up Tuesday morning with a text from my agent saying, hey, you could be traded today. And listen to this. When I had my meeting with JG in Arizona, he looked at me in the face and he said, you're not getting traded. You're not being released. You're going to be here in Arizona. I was like, okay, cool. And so then I woke up to that text. I was like, today's about to be nuts. He calls me back at 11. He says, you're getting traded to Minnesota. Whatever was told to you, something different has happened. I always love when NFL head coaches can't be honest. Like Joshua Dobbs, a respected veteran. He's playing on your team that stinks this year. How many times are you going to tell him he's not going to get traded and then he does get traded? I know you can't tell the player the full story. But once you go to Clayton Toon, that should have been enough to tell him, hey, we, we're on the verge of, of trading you. So that's just football, though. Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, on the fights in practice, this courtesy of the Colorado Football Coaches Show. Man, yeah. we've had a great week of practice. We had a couple fights, okay. which I like. Is that a good thing? That's a great thing. Right. Yeah, when you have a couple fights, that's a, that's a great thing. And I always want to know who won because I keep records. <laughs> yeah, I don't break them up. Some some coaches break them up, but I don't right. break them up. Because some guys fight hoping for the breakup. No. <laughs> We're going to let you go. I love Coach Prime. He's so different. And different is good. And I believe in what he's doing, even though they're not having the most wins as we thought they were going to have. Like, before the year, no one thought they were going to win this many games. Then you win the first two games of the season against TCU and Nebraska, and it changes expectations, and this key, uh, team comes back down to, to earth a little bit. But with a full offseason, and you're going to hit the transfer portal, and I know they just did that with overhauling 80% of the roster, but now there's some excitement around Colorado. I can't wait to see what this team does next year. Uh, here is Chris Rock. Convincing Caleb Williams to go to the Jets. I have not heard this yet. Listen up. The Jets. We want the Jets. So bad. You want the Jets. You want to go there? You want to go there? Redskins. You want to go there? 
was no place you would rather no play, play than the Jets. What do you want, what do you want to live? So I'm a little bit confused. I've not seen the video here, Samter. Was Caleb Williams with him? Yeah, he was in the room with Caleb Williams, and Caleb Williams and his friends were all just, like, laughing their asses off. So Caleb Williams was laughing? Like, uh, the way I envisioned that was Chris Rock is in the room. I assume that was a friend laughing in the background, and Caleb Williams probably just sitting there with no emotion. That would be the way that I would process that. But that wasn't the case? Caleb Williams wasn't cackling like the hyena, but he was laughing pretty hard, and he kept, like, basically falling out of his chair. It was pretty fun. Oh, there was ever a moment for Will Smith to slap Chris Rock again, there was the moment. Because imagine advocating to someone to go want to play for the Jets. It's not usually good. Me in a former life would have been all over that. <laughs> yeah, you still are. We all know you're still a Jet fan. And finally, this is a secret recording of Lane Kiffin yelling at DeSanto Rollins over mental health issues. There's a big story here. Uh, There's a lawsuit, $40 million. Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin are filing for this lawsuit now to be dismissed. Um, But I guess the way this story goes, a player was kicked off a team when he wanted to meet with the head coach or didn't want to meet with the head coach, needed a mental health break, ignored the coach's alleged text messages, and then showed up weeks later ready to talk to Lane Kiffin, and there was a secret recording. If you would have come here when you kept getting messages, the head coach wants to talk to you, and you saying, I'm not ready to talk to him. What was it? Well, what f- world do you live in? I don't see why you got to be disrespectful, honestly. Get out of here. Go. Go. You're off the team. You're done. See ya. See ya. Because I'm... See ya. Go. Go. And guess what? We can kick you off the team. So go read your f-ing rights about mental health. We can kick you off the team for not showing up. When the head coach has to meet with you and you don't show up for weeks, okay, we can remove you from the team. It's called being the f- It's called hiding behind sh- not showing up to work. So that audio does not make it look out to be good for Lane Kiffin. But here's my big question. Did Lane Kiffin text this player multiple times or it sounded like Lane Kiffin's annoyed because he reached out to the player and if the kid's going through something, I respect that. And maybe you didn't want to talk to the coach then okay. But, like, did he communicate the player, coach, I need some time? That's the part that I have a question. Because, for example, and I I have a lot of sympathy for the topic of mental health. But if I was going through something and I just left work one day and didn't show up for two weeks, there's an obligation to tell your employer or, in this case, your coach, hey, coach, or if it was me, hey, Spike, I'm going through something right now. I need time away. I'm not ready to talk to you. I'll talk to you in a few weeks when I feel better. Like, if that happened, then Lane Kiffin's in the wrong. But if it didn't happen, where the player didn't communicate that to Lane Kiffin and just showed up one day ready to talk, yeah, I'd be mad at, you know, if I'm Lane Kiffin as well. He did, as far as from what I can tell, he did communicate like he was taking a mental health break. Now, Mm -hmm. I think the disconnect was Kiffin didn't know how long it was going to take, when he was going to be ready, and Kiffin was reaching out. And either he wasn't responding back or he just was saying, I'm still not ready to talk. But Kiffin was aware that he was taking a mental health break. I just think that Kiffin was upset that when he was trying to communicate with the player who was on the break, that the guy was either ignoring him or just refusing to talk to him. Yeah, and and even though you're, you're probably going through some serious things, and I understand that, I still think when you are a part of a team or you're part of an organization... You have to at least communicate 
why you're not there and when you're going to be able to talk and you have to keep the person right i know it's not his employer but in this case you kind of make that uh kind of assumption that hey this is what's going on you just have to keep keep the person up to date i think a little bit and at the end of the day it's not like incredibly damning audio it's not you know, a smoking gun that's going to get Lane Kiffin fired. No, if, if just, they were four and five, maybe when your team's rolling. Yeah, but uh, it's just, you know, it's they just, may have used this as an excuse to get rid of Lane Kiffin, but when your team's rolling, no. It just kind of comes off as Lane Kiffin being a d bag. Just Lane Kiffin, just being unsympathetic and unempathetic. Well, but but it's not smoking gun. Like, let's get rid of him. This. Oh my God, this is crazy. It's just, dude. Like, have a little bit more compassion. Okay, fine. But once again. And I think some of what you're saying is fine. I wouldn't go to the level that, that you just uh, said when it comes to Lane Kiffin. If he was in the dark about this and there was really no communication from the player, the player's got to communicate a little bit. You know, th- there are serious things that go on in life and you have the right to to deal with them at, at your pace and you should. But you ne- if you're not going to show up to work or you're not going to show up to class or to the team, you got to keep the coach who's like a father figure here, right? That's what we always get told. You have to keep the coach a little bit updated on the manor. That's a news brief. It is Zach Yelp show on CBS Sports Radio. We'll come on back with some college football and NFL picks. I'll be real curious to hear how Michigan is going to react to Jim Harbaugh getting suspended by the Big Ten, where he could be with the team during the week, but once... The games come around until the end of the regular season. He is not allowed to be with the team. This suspension did break and did come on down by the Big Ten when Michigan was traveling to State College for their game up against Penn State. There was a photo that was just released by Ryan Parsons, who covers uh, Penn State, and he uh, has Jim Harbaugh on the tarmac. And it looks like it's an emergency meeting of the minds as it's Harbaugh with one, two, three, four, five, six football personnel people or administration people, and they're gathering together. I wonder if does Harbaugh like stay at the team hotel? Does he order some food tomorrow? They have a place which is really good for some of the weedos in the chat in State College. It's called Are You Hungry? And this is at uh, Penn State, and it's definitely the marketing strategy is drunk, late night, hit the uh, the weed pen, hit a little bong or whatever student that does uh, participate in those activities, and they go and they have uh, these wild sandwiches. There is a sandwich there. It's called the fat bitch. That's what the sandwich is called. And I have uh, had this sandwich. And if memory serves me right, and my memory may be a little bit hazy from when I did go to Penn State all those years ago as a visitor, it was like a chicken cutlet with bacon and mozzarella sticks on it with french fries on top of it. So you have to be in a real gluttonous mood or maybe not know what mood you're in if you're going to participate at uh, that store called uh, Are You Hungry, I believe was the name of it. So maybe Harbaugh wants to go there to eat some of the sorrows away. So Jim Harbaugh not allowed to coach in the final three regular season games, but he's allowed to be with the team during the week. I'm going to imagine that maybe after this weekend there's an injunction that's granted or a stay that's granted so he could be on the sideline up against Ohio State. I also wonder this. If you're Harbaugh, 
do you maybe not want to pursue anything legally or have the school pursue anything legally? And you just go, I know how great my team is. I'll get them ready during the week. I'll let a guy like on the staff shine and get to coach the team. And we've been through this similarly during the year, earlier in the year with the three-game suspension. They were up against cupcake teams. Do you, do you maybe just say, let them do what they want to do, the Big Ten. We'll still find a way to get to the Big Ten championship game and embark on another run in the college football playoff. The one thing I would say is if he actually is guilty of doing something wrong, I would say the less amount of discovery and legal in-depth mm-hmm. look into what was going on is mm-hmm. probably better. If he thinks he didn't really do anything wrong and this is more Stallions doing this on his own and some of the other coaches uh, and him kind of not really being in the in the know, kind of like if you think about the college basketball scandal with like Adidas and Nike, how all those assistant coaches got in trouble and fired, but the head coaches all kind of skated out of it for the most part. So it seems like there's kind of like an accountability thing. If he thinks that he can get away with it and he didn't do anything wrong, then then I would say go for the injunction and try to pursue this. But if there's kind of a smoking gun back there, just let it lie and take your three-game suspension and, and move on. Well, if you get the injunction, it doesn't mean that you're going to go through with the legal process. I feel like that just punts the ball down the road, and then maybe they pull everything. Certainly possible. Certainly possible. I mean, it would be sad not to see a Ryan Day Jim Harbaugh handshake at midfield. I don't think that's going to be much of a handshake. Yeah, that that may that may turn into. Remember when? Oh, actually, it It was was Jim Harbaugh Harbaugh. and Jim Jim Schwartz. And then if you saw last week, Jim Harbaugh and the Purdue coach. Yeah, yeah. uh, That was a very cold, very un assuming handshake as well. Well, I think Harbaugh was like all down for the handshake. And then the Purdue coach, uh, Ryan Walters. That's it. W- wanted no part about that. I was about to say Rex Walters. That was the former uh, NBA uh, assistant coach. So yeah, Ryan Walters was like, I-, I have no respect for you. He gets on his college radio show, bitching about the scandal. Hey coach, they could, you, Michigan could have handed you their playbook. <laughs> Your team still had no chance up against Michigan. If we're being real. All righty, Ryan Horvat is uh, on vacation this week, so we won't do picks with him. I guess cue the NFL music, Stu, right now. I'll give you three college football picks for this weekend and then three NFL picks as well. All righty, let's start it off in State College. I was nervous about this spread earlier in the week. It's gone down from four and a half to four. I think this may go to three and a half, three points by kickoff. I'm going to lay the points with Michigan Yes, Penn State has a very good defense, one of the best defenses in the country. I can't trust Drew Aller, even though he's played better in the last week, week and a half ever since that mistake up against Indiana, but it's up against Indiana for crying out loud. Um, I just don't trust James Franklin in a big game. Maybe my favorite stat of all time, James Franklin is 3-16 and 16 in his career at Participation State University up against top 10 programs, Harbaugh or not. I will take the Wolverines here, laying the four points in pick number one. Pick number two, it's a low spread. And it's one that I go, this may be a sucker bet, especially coming off a big win for Oklahoma State in what may be the final installment of Bedlam. I guess the the better way to say it is the final consistent installment of Bedlam with Oklahoma State's big victory up against uh, Oklahoma last week. But they're going up against UCF. I don't think UCF's going to be able to claim a victory in this one, but it does concern me 
that the spread is only Oklahoma State minus two and a half. I could have egg in my face come late uh, Saturday, Saturday afternoon, but I will uh, hold my nose and lay the two and a half points with Oklahoma State. And I guess uh, I can't be lame here and give you three favorites, so I'll take a dog. I think Georgia wins the game, but I think you get a late field goal or a late touchdown by Ole Miss to cover. That hook is important. So this is Georgia minus 10.5. I will plus the 10.5 points with Ole Miss. So I take Ole Miss plus 10.5 points, even though I like Georgia to win the game. I have Oklahoma State laying 2.5, and then I do have Michigan laying the four points up against Penn State. Now, let's go to the National Football League. First pick up, I'm going to take the 49ers on the road, laying three points up against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars, I think, are a good team, not a great team. I still don't like their performance back in week two up against the Chiefs where they lost that game and only scored nine points. It's always timing when you get a team. 49ers coming off a bye, coming off losing three in a row. I like the 49ers in this spot to win the game and win the game by three points. I think the Niners will improve to six and three and the Jaguars will fall in this one and will go to six and three on the season. My next game, I'm going to take, oh, do I really want to go here? I'm going to take the Raiders laying a point. I don't feel good about it, but Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams are are happy right now. And I look at the Jets offense. I don't know if any player on the Jets offense can be happy. This is a pick em pretty much. It's a low-scoring affair. I don't think there will be many points here. It's tough to trust Aiden O'Connell, but I can't trust Zach Wilson. I think the Raiders find a way to win the game, and this may be 17-13. to 13. Like I, I think we're going to see a really sloppy game, but I do like the Raiders laying a point. So I like the Raiders laying a point, and then I also like the 49ers laying three up against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then finally, I'm going to take Tennessee. I'm going to go with an underdog. I know it's a small spread. Tampa Bay laying a point. I'm going to take Tennessee on the road plus a point. I know Tampa Bay's defense is really good, but I like the way that Will Levis has played the last two weeks. And Tampa, I just don't know what you're going to get on the offensive side of the football. I think this is a solid week for Will Levis and Derrick Henry as well, even though the Bucks' run defense can be tough. But I like Tennessee laying a point, uh, uh, plus a point this week, and they'll win the game, obviously, outright up against Tampa Bay. So those are the picks in college football and the NFL for another week of our football season. We will take a break. But first, let's toss it over to Rich Ackerman, who's standing by with the latest CBS Sports Radio update. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 